everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show, uh, Jerusalem is a mess right now. Oh, my God. So The Holy Land oh, is the holiest a problem. Of <laughs> it's a problem, you guys. And we are, we're, we're going to talk about, uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff. A lot of the yeah. stuff. It's, so, yeah, it's we'll get mess. to that in the second, yes, second half of the show. First, we have the first half of the show, Dan. Did you know that? Yeah. The, <laughs> the first half of the show is the best place to put that first half, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's everything in its place, Dan. Um, but first up, uh, I've got a story, Dan, about the return of a beautiful tradition. Oh, good. Just a, uh, a, a wonderful annual event over there in the Philippines. Um, oh God! The this is their their annual uh, crucifixion fest that takes place um, on Good Friday, uh, where they actually literally nail people to crosses and let them hang in the sun for like ten minutes, and <sighs> then and there's a crowd crowd of Apparently thousands of people like go into this, this part of the Philippines. There's three villages that do this. And, uh, and it's, it's a wild, beautiful, truly beautiful, <laughs> uh, recreation of, of Christ's suffering on the cross. Um, yeah. it, uh, it, hard um, to imagine anything me. more beautiful than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so beautiful that, um, one of the participants this year, uh, it was actually his 34th time, Dan. Being Jesus crucified. Christ! <laughs> On a cross! <laughs> On a cross. Uh, they used, uh, let's see, I think it's uh, four inch uh, stainless steel nails. That's 10 centimeters for the rest With of With apologies to Trent um, Bresner, who, uh, <laughs> who maintains that the number should, that the length of the nail should be nine, but that's all right. Fair, whatever, yeah. Um, and it's strangely attended by uh, a, a number of foreign tourists, which I thought well, it was yeah. a really disgusting part of this. <laughs> um, although they, the, the article, the, oh, the article I'm says fascinated. that it is, has sort of a festival vibe going on. There's people, uh, you know, like street vendors out selling collectibles and water and food and whatnot. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's see. Kitty Ennett, a veterinarian from Ireland, a veterinarian by the name of Kitty. Come on. Yeah. Come um, on. <laughs> Shut up, Kitty. Uh, said that the crucifixions were a very religious experience. Um, and when <laughs> I, I, I don't get that when I was seeing the young man doing the flogging and going up to the cross, it's very moving to see how much they sacrifice for their faith. They really put themselves in the shoes of Jesus. What? The oh fuck? my Lord. This is this. First of all, the Catholic church does not like this, right? For all they, of its faults, the Catholic church is on record <laughs> saying this ain't a great idea, right? Guys, no, please don't. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Oh, in fact, the church leaders in the Philippines have, um, you know, they've discouraged the, this, these crucifixions for years. And uh, they say that Filipinos can show their faith in other ways, in, <laughs> including donating blood, which <laughs> can, they're kind of doing the, already. It's, yeah. Like, well, I think they're saying, you know, instead of like, if you're willing to go through this much pain right. and lose this much blood, like, you know, uh, there's a far less painful um, and far more um, uh, pro-social activity you could be engaged in. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Go donate some blood uh, <laughs> so that can, that's useful. Penitents walked barefoot through village streets and beat their bare backs with sharp bamboo sticks and pieces of wood. Um, apparently this didn't happen this year, but in the past, some participants cut open the penitents' backs using broken glass to ensure the ritual was uh, sufficiently bloody. Uh, oh villagers, uh, village actors dressed as Roman centurions 
uh, hammered the stainless steel nails uh, through the palms and feet of the of the crucified. And then they uh, sat in the sun for like 10 minutes or so. Um, this is what happens when you don't allow people to just fulfill their sexual fantasies in a, <laughs> a perfectly healthy sexual way. When 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 people can't like get through this their... Is a, a kink that's going on Oh, there? 100% this is a kink. <laughs> These people, look, anyone who's volunteering for this is not doing so as a penitent thing. They're not doing so because they think, oh, I got to get good with God. They're like, I'm kind of into this. Let's rock and roll. I'm down. <laughs> Uh, I'll let listeners decide for themselves, but the article talks about how, um, the Philippines has a, this very interesting merging and mixing of Catholicism with a lot of the folk, um, beliefs and traditions yeah. of, of the area. Now, I don't know exactly what folk tradition they're, they're drawing upon for this, right. but there, Did there this must make have it been worse or better. That's what I want to know. <laughs> My guess, if Catholicism got mixed in, it made it worse. Like that's, that's the easy, <laughs> the easy bet there. But like, my guess is there was probably some bloodletting something or other already. Right. Yeah. So, Oh my God. People doing shit. Oh, <laughs> it's wild. Really wild. Literally having nails. We, I think like a long time ago, we talked about that. We happening. did. Yeah. Yeah, but it's good to know it's still happening. You yeah, fucking well, idiots. because also this is the first. Uh, this was what's important about it. It's the first time since COVID nineteen that they've they've gone back to doing it. Oh, hooray! So that's why that's why we, it's an important story. We thought it is. had died, but thank God, like <laughs> no. Jesus Himself, the stupidest tradition on earth has been resurrected. Oh golly, yeah, that's the part that I that I I, I would love for them to figure out how to reenact, but well. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Kill them and see if they come back. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Well, I, I'm doing a story because it has come across my desk in the most annoying way possible. And I'm thinking that a whole bunch of you are going to get, have the same experience soon. If there's anyone in your life or on your social media, whatever, that is uh, a right wing asshole. Mm. they're going to start screaming about this story if they haven't already. So I thought we'd get out in front of it. And that is that in Oregon, a, uh, a Christian woman is suing because she's been denied the right to adopt a child. Now, oh. uh, that, that is true. That is happening. She is uh, represented by lawyers from the right-wing Alliance Defending Freedom. Oh. Thank God they're out there defending freedom. <laughs> um, the freedom that they're trying to defend in this case is that of a woman who wants to adopt a child but will not commit to honoring and uh, uh, keeping safe this child if they are, if they decide that they are LGBTQ. Oh. Uh, in any way. Is that Meaning, a requirement? That It is a requirement wow. in Oregon. Wow. If you're going to adopt in Oregon, you must agree to, quote, respect, accept, and support the race, ethnicity, cultural identities, national origin, immigration status, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, disabilities, spiritual hmm. beliefs and socioeconomic status of hmm. a child. Hmm. There's basically, it's basically like you can't adopt a kid. If you're going to make them feel like shit about who they are. Right. Right. And that makes sense. Yeah. Like, that's, that's why great. would we allow you to, uh, to raise a child if you can't commit to like, you know, not putting them into what is frequently uh, a suicidal death spiral. Right. Like, uh, well, like, like any, you know, biological parent is allowed to do. Right. Yeah, I know. That's, that, there's a loophole problematic there. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
Oregon as a state has determined correctly that it's not healthy for a child to grow up in an environment where their their own identity mm-hmm. is negated. Yeah. Uh, but of course the right wing side of things they are screaming mm-hmm. because to in their narrative a woman is not being allowed to adopt because she's Christian. Right. Yeah, uh, right. So there you go. That's, which isn't what which, that's which not. isn't ex, which isn't that's, exactly it. No. But like what but you could just say that's right. Your religious beliefs make you an unfit parent. <laughs> that is according to the state of Oregon. That is And so this is going to be this is going to be a hot button for a minute. Yeah. This is this is this is not this is going to be and you know, of course they're not talking about the gay possibility they're talking about the trans thing because trans people are the big are the big uh problem of our society right now <laughs> uh and uh they're uh so hmm. what they're talking about is well i'll just read from the uh from from the lawsuit uh that's been filed because it's it's pretty choice uh it claims that under this rule Caregivers must agree to use a child's preferred pronouns, take a child to affirming events like pride parades, or sign the child up for dangerous pharmaceutical interventions like puberty blockers and hormone shots. And that is not what that rule says at all. The rule does not say any of those things. Uh, But you're going to hear a lot of right-wing pundits, a lot of... uh, a lot of shitbag uncles and aunts are going to be posting on Facebook about how, about what's happening now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's definitely showing up at Thanksgiving. This one. Yeah. So, so I'm, I just you, want you, us all to <laughs> strap in. You got half a year to prepare, everybody. This one's showing up at Thanksgiving. <laughs> this one's coming for you. So uh, <laughs> just enjoy that. Be ready for it. Uh, maybe, maybe print out the statute so that you have it. Just keep it in your wallet, <laughs> just in case you need to whip it out at some point. No, Uncle Bob, that's not what it says. Let me just, uh, okay, well, I'm just going to pull out the actual statute. I happen to have a printout <sighs> of it right here. Yeah. Well, Dan, uh, from Oregon to Oklahoma. Uh, the, be- the two best O states. <laughs> well, one of them is. <laughs> the other one's not. Um, let's see. Um, Oklahoma, boy, uh, this is, this is a, this is a fun one. This is, this is a continuation of, um, the ripple effects of our, uh, shitbag Supreme court, uh, and their decisions about, uh, that, that, that are, that are confusing the issue of, uh, separation of church and state in this country. Uh, this has to do with, um, a Catholic virtual school, an online Catholic <laughs> school that is the project of the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City and the Diocese of Tulsa. They, they're, they're, it would offer virtual learning from kindergarten through high school. And uh, they uh, have filed with the state uh, to be a charter school. Of course they have. Um, now... This is this is on the on the the heels of uh, we talked recently about the Maine ruling that allowed mm. the state's tuition assistance program to um, now go to private religious schools, and uh, back into uh, 2020, the Supreme Court allowed Montana tax credits uh, that help pay for students to attend religious schools. But this is the first time that the money would be going to an actual it, it, it would be the state funding the charter school in the same way that it funds other charter schools. For those of you who maybe don't know what a charter school is, they are essentially public schools, but they're sort of privately run, but they're run with right. public money. And so some of them will be like, you know, a math and science charter school. And right. Or an arts, an arts based yeah. charter school. And it's just an, an alternative to the, the regular public schools they're they, they they're problematic there are some yeah. good ones there are some really bad ones i don't know i don't know how i really feel about charter schools <laughs> i haven't but, done a lot of research but uh they sure get problematic 
real quick when <laughs> Jesus gets involved. Yeah. So uh, estimates show that uh, $25.7 million would go to this uh, Catholic charter school um, in over the first five years of its operation. And uh, that's Oklahoma, like, state funds going to right. a charter school. Um, let's see. This is... Um, Brett Farley, the executive director of the Catholic Conference of Oklahoma, uh, mm. he welcomes uh, the opportunity for this to become a legal test case. Uh, that's kind of been our expectation. And frankly, yeah. our hope, he says. In a lot of minds, this is being seen as the next logical step in reference to the Maine and Montana cases. And so that's, that's the next thing is full-on publicly funded religious schools in the United States. That's coming down the pike, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Just choose. Like <laughs> just admit I, that either you're, yeah. You're trying to ruin the public school. Yeah. You're indoctrinating and you're you have your agenda is to destroy the public school system. Yeah. Right. Like yeah that's they the literally agenda. like like their whole side mm -hmm. of things breaks down the more education somebody gets. Yeah. Exactly. And they've seen that. They know that trend. Yeah. <laughs> they watch as their kids learn science and go, oh, wait a minute. No, 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 not that, though. No. Right. Okay. But even all of their efforts, <laughs> what's what's this latest one, Gen Z? Is that the one we're talking about these days? Um, sure. Like the least religious generation on oh, record. Yeah. So oh, there's yeah. going to be little pockets of like psycho, like poorly educated religious dum-dums right in that generation yep. and then the rest of them are just gonna be like what the fuck yeah so yeah it's a uh, i mean i'm right now there's already the pockets of dum-dums but like the pockets <laughs> even are worse. shrinking even worse. shrinking because yeah. well yeah but the inside those pockets they're going to be even more insulated from like reality yeah right exactly like they're they're never going to have been exposed to the very mild facts and truths that the public school system exposes children to. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, enjoy life in the 1830s, you guys. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to take us to Melbourne, Australia, Ooh. where there's a story that is, look, we've heard this story a hundred times. The, uh, Someone in, a, in authority at a religious school uh, is arrested for molesting children at that school. It is a it, it it's a tale as old as time. <laughs> the twist here, actually, there are multiple twists here. Um, and I the reason that I tell this story is just because if you think you know how this story works, you might be surprised. Because normally we're talking about, you know, some pastor uh, or some principal of, of a Christian school or whatever. Well, no. This time I'm talking about the principal of a Jewish school in Australia. Okay. And she is now on trial. It's a oh. it, the female principal of a Jewish school uh had used and and this you know this was a uh, an ultra orthodox uh community wow okay used her position of power and the children's naivete mm. because obviously this when you get fundamentalist religion of any kind it's not like the kids are trained to protect themselves or even trained in sexuality at all like there's no sex ed happening and so uh, you know, these, these kids, these, and, and, uh, they, they are now young women, but these girls, you know, they've come out publicly about this whole thing. Hmm. And, uh, and apparently this woman used their naivete and her position of power to, uh, to really, to really mess with their minds to, you know, wow. and they didn't know what was happening to them wow. as she was, as she was abusing them. Oh my God. So, uh, I, I don't know. I tend not to bring these kinds of stories up in part because it's, yeah, kids being abused in religious schools is almost like we could just do a show about that and we would never, ever run out of material. 
to talk about. What a show that would be, Dan. Right. Yeah. I <laughs> like, don't want so, this to be. We would have I don't so want many show. listeners. I don't want Just, that show. So I don't want this to be that show. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, every exactly. now and then it's like, you, you got to remember that, that your kids, the kids aren't safe in fundamentalist environments, even if it's women, even if it's not, mm. you know, it's not just Christianity. It's right. not just men. Right. It's, it's like when we shelter children yeah. and we don't inform them, that's when the problems happen. And that's what religion is the best at doing. Mm-hmm. So there you go. But the children, they're so innocent. <laughs> You, you no one would them, ever do anything them, to the children. Got to keep them sheltered and innocent. Gotta, and, yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, or, or you can protect inform them. them. Yeah, you steal that innocence right away. Well, yeah. I mean, the, no. The truth is that if you don't uh, sort of gently, right, sort of, t- sort of uh, inform that innocence until exactly. it's no longer innocence, someone's going to take it from them violently. Yes, or could do. Excellent way of saying it, Dan. Yeah. All right. Oh, Dan. Dan, Dan, Dan. This is a little bit of an update story. Mm. Um, having to do with um, Jeffrey uh, Get Your Muskets Holland. Um, oh, God. And, and his, his menacing jowls are coming for you. This is a, a mean old Mormon. Mean old Mormon uh, high up in the church. He's a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. He's the one who did famously call on... Uh, BYU to get their muskets and defend the faith. And yeah. everybody was like, maybe not like we get, we we can see you're working with a little metaphor. Maybe not a good one. Right. Um, because it, what he was saying is defend your faith against LGBTQ people. Right. He was specifically like it, using a violent metaphor yeah. about it the LGBTQ community. Didn't feel good. He no. didn't, he didn't see it or maybe he <laughs> did and was fine with it. Uh, whatever it was anyway, because of that, after he was invited down to speak at, uh, Southern Utah university's commencement ceremony, there was quite the, um, uproar amongst the students there that they were like, no, not this guy. Right. Like this guy, he's the muskets. He's the muskets guy. He hates some of us. Yeah. And his menacing, his menacing jowls are looking at me. They um, are scary. <laughs> he has scary jowl face. Woo, I don't like it. It's, an, you know, like nothing against jowls, right? <laughs> it's his jowls. They it's are his, scary. That's, that's um, right. Anyway, um, very conveniently, Dan, he has come down with a kidney condition that is getting him <laughs> out of his little talk down it. That sounds so convenient. Um, it is very convenient. Um, <laughs> he did not attend general this most recent general conference just mm. what, last week uh, due to uh, both he and his wife coming down with COVID-19. Oh, no. And, uh, and, and as part of that announcement of like, yeah, COVID-19, it's we're, 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 we're recovering. And I also have to have dialysis for a kidney condition. Oh, and uh, so he's being relieved of his church duties for two months. This is the convenient part just long enough to get him out of uh, this talk down in Southern Utah university. They've already announced that he will not be speaking. And I just have to think that this is a little bit of a safe face. Like they came up with an excuse because they didn't, they, they didn't want him in that situation down there they didn't want the kids oh they would protesting they, there would be they a didn't big old the protest there would be more protesters than attendees yeah. and the issue is it it's an out of their it's a zone that's out of their control right? yeah it's a out public of school control. right and so the mormons the the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints would not have been able to uh control the crowd Right. Yeah. And shut down the descent. And if kids had stood up, it would have, it would have been ugly. I don't doubt that he's sick, but it's convenient. And it's also convenient that it's taking so long for him to heal up and feel good. Well, enough. yeah. Right. I, I, all I can say is, um, you know, when somebody that they don't like 
get sick right as they're supposed to do something. <laughs> yeah. They have a narrative about what that means. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that narrative, but um, they should maybe consider it. They should maybe consider that, like, you know, if this was something. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to draw full. your own conclusions. Let me tell you, I did my homework, Dan, on this okay. one. And um, I'm believing the conspiracy theory. I like it. <laughs> I like it. That's what we're going with. I think uh, I think it's clear. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, don't get well soon. Uh, to him, and I'll move on to uh, a, a bit of good news to, to close out our headlines for the day. There is a new uh, director of NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center. Oh, okay. Uh, the GSFC. Oh, uh, yeah. Has, has gotten a new, she's, she's an astrophysicist. Nice. Uh, her name is Dr. Mackenzie Lystrup. Okay. And uh and and this is a position because it's a governmental position and a position that has uh you know top secret clearance probably and all sorts of other oh, things. Yeah. This is a position into which one is sworn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh so so she was sworn in and uh you know, you're not required to put your hand on the Bible. Lots of people do in this country when they are sworn into service uh to a job here in in government, mm -hmm. she opted out of the Bible, placing uh, her hand on a copy of Carl Sagan's Pale Blue Dot. Wow. Which I think is delightful. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. you're talking about space, if we're talking about NASA, mm -hmm. there is no better philosopher than Sagan. Yeah. Yeah, like, totally. Like that's such a that's such a good choice. Um, the, yeah, I, I, well, the the idea that you must put your hand on something though is absurd. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if you if you're gonna put your hand on anything, fine, right? Yeah, that's good. Agreed. I don't think it's yeah. I don't think it's cool. I think it's dumb. Yeah. Uh, I think that that the swearing in thing is quasi meaningless. And also, you know, I, there's a whole thing about swearing versus affirming and all. There, there's a whole bunch of like, why are we bringing a religious concept into the thing? Just, you have to, you know, there are laws. We, you, you don't even have to make somebody promise not to break the law. You can just make, make them sign a piece of paper that says, yes, I understand that I am legally bound to not tell any of these secrets. Because you're either going to tell them or you ain't. Right. No, no, no putting your hand on any book is going to stop that. Well, I don't know, Dan. I don't know. <laughs> like, she's going to think twice now when uh, the Russians or the Chinese try to get some secrets off of her because she put her hand on the pale blue dot. She's going to she's going to be like, I would. But I made a promise <laughs> to Carl Sagan. To Carl Sagan. <laughs> oh, Carl, wherever you are. Protect for me. those of you who for those of you who don't know the dot in question uh that 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 the book is referencing it's referencing a uh a, an image taken by the Voyager one space probe mm -hmm. uh and it's looking back in our direction, so the pale blue dot is is earth, yeah, and it's literally like one or two pixels in it's, the image, yeah. like it's just this tiny tiny little bloop. Yeah, the whole idea being uh, to to sort of philosophically explore that we are just this tiny, insignificant yeah. blip in in an in an immense universe. Yeah, and that you know, yeah, on that you know, he makes the point that on that tiny little dot, every human being that's ever lived has had all of you know every every tragedy that's occurred, every war, every triumph. Yeah, every person's. Every tear that a person has shed. Billions and billions of, billions of tears. Billions and yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, every bit of joy and suffering has yeah. happened on that tiny little thing. Yeah. And oh. we're stuck on it and you can't get off. Oh, Carl Sagan. Anyway, uh, I thought that that was fun. I, I'm, I'm, 
I am pleased that NASA, at, that at least one part of the U.S. government is being run by people who actually believe in science. <laughs> That's nice. Well, I hope it's the people at NASA. Right? right? Like Of I would, all the places. <laughs> I would like it to be elsewhere as well, but at least it's at NASA. Yeah. All right. Well, friends, uh, if you would like to, you know, swear in on a pale blue dot about anything to us, please feel free to do so. Uh, you can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. We'd love to hear from you. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around. We've got more show coming up. Well, Frank. Dan. We, I, I've got a lovely little bit of uh, audio to play for the people. Mm, okay. Um, this is a guy named Duncan Urbanek. Is uh, he new? Is this a new guy? Have we ever played him before? I don't remember ever playing him before. Okay. Uh, he's preaching uh, in front of, I don't, you know, you, you don't get to see their congregations. I'm guessing it's a very small congregation. Anyway, he... He has some ideas. Oh, he's going to talk about some some stuff that, <laughs> oh, it'd just be crazy. It'd be crazy to, to think what would happen <laughs> if he had a different profession. <laughs> uh. All right. Okay. Here, here it is. Some of the things I think about, I mean, if I was a medical doctor or something like that, and a sodomite comes in, <laughs> like, now you're forced to help and treat a sodomite. <laughs> you're like, just kill me now. <laughs> Some other things as far as being a doctor, depending on what kind of doctor, just seeing other people's nakedness, it's like, I don't want to be around that. <laughs> I'm a married man, so I don't, my wife would be super jealous if women are in front of me undressed. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to live my first day. I graduated college, I get home, and there, she has a knife, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking child. You know how funny what it, it is? <laughs> what a ridiculous... Fucking child. Just. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that's. Yes. That's. Wow. That's so. What, 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 what if I was a doctor and I had to treat somebody that I, that I didn't approve of? <laughs> well, kill, yeah. kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you clearly don't have the disposition, right? right you clearly yes. don't care about people. You don't love people. Right. Right. You don't want to help people. Right. Yeah. You're right. You shouldn't be a doctor. Literally right? no one and on the earth wants you to be a doctor. <laughs> He's just straight white cisgender male patients. Yeah. Whole practice. That's yeah. what it's based around. And Prefer also preferably also, like, um, you know, no poor people. And definitely um, no genital stuff. Have you got any weird shit in your downstairs? That's, I am doing no turning cough. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. A prostate? What? No. Absolutely. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my office. Here, let me tell you how you can like, just, just, you can do it yourself. Matter of fact, leave your shirt on. I don't like any of this. <laughs> this is all, I, this is, this all feels too weird. Oh. That is a grown man getting the icks about yeah. being a dark. Sh grow the fuck up. What is wrong with you? Yeah. That's a, it's it's, a, it's I, just the human body, man. Yeah. It, it it it's not always a sexual thing, right? <laughs> right? Also, awesome that uh the you know, the church is training Training people such that he believes that his if he were a doctor, his wife would be jealous of him seeing naked women. Right. That's that just says a lot about everybody. Everyone in that situation, the maturity level, that's all it is. It's just a strong, it's just high maturity that I'm impressed by. <laughs> when yeah. look. We're, this is me we're talking about. When you, when, when, when I think you're immature, there's a problem. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm going to move on to some, some good people. Uh, those being them as wrote into us uh, this mm. week and called into us this week. Nice. We'll start with Trisha, 
who says, hey, guys, I think you've missed a big point on the Mormons Uh-oh. demanding their old buildings be, be knocked out. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a story that you talked about last week when uh, the, yeah. you know, the Mormons, if they sell you one of their churches, you got to take it down. You can't just leave it up as a church. Yeah. Um, Tricia says, having buildings that can be recognized as old Mormon buildings being reused as new things shows the fact that they don't have enough members to keep that building open. Hmm. Multiple of those in different cities expose exposes their biggest fear that they don't want getting out, that they're shrinking at a great rate. Mm-hmm. We all know how big they are on having ever-increasing numbers. Yeah. Knocking down the buildings is a way for them to wipe the impression of that people are finding alternatives to their true God, and the rate it's happening means it's not just the elderly dying off. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, that is it. That's that's yeah. That probably very much part of their 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 reasoning. Yes, indeed. That makes sense. They they really should be careful about all these temples they're building because those things like I like I don't yeah. think a wrecking ball could take them down the way they're built. <laughs> like <laughs> like those they're are made they're, out of solid <laughs> stone. And they are uh obviously Former more or would be formed. I don't think a yeah. temple in the modern era has ever been decommissioned, but right. Hmm, so that will be the day. I look forward to that day. Yeah. When they knock down a temple, when they start decommissioning temples, because there's just nobody around. Yeah. I don't think they will. I'm going to turn one into a skate park. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to make it happen. Gonna, uh, no, one of those trampoline things, right? You go ooh, in and you know, like a bounce big, house, a yeah. big bounce house. <laughs> Big temple bounce house. I like it. I like it. Um, all right. Uh, Donna wrote into us and said, <laughs> this is delightful, Donna. I, do, I don't know what, what possessed you to do this, but I love it. I asked ChatGPT, that's the AI uh, platform for those of you who aren't familiar, if it could, re- if it could create a prayer in tongues. Oh, nice. <laughs> Feel free. Yeah, I... So uh, Donna listed, printed out the whole thing. I won't read the whole thing, but ChatGPT says, I can help you with a prayer using phrases inspired by glossolalia or, quote, speaking in tongues. These phrases may not have a direct translation or meaning, but they are intended to express spiritual and emotional connection. Please note, this is a simulated experience and not an actual religious occurrence. That's bizarre. Okay. I love I love everything about this. Uh, and then it has <laughs> like literally paragraphs of Shamala Rosta Rostani Kevala Brahani Tamori Yosefi Laluma Rindala Shantori Vesuvi Kalist. Okay. Kalisti. This is how I know it's not, this is how I know it's not actual speaking in tongues. Because it's, it's too good. It's too good. It needs, there needs to just be more shalalalala, bing, bing, boom. Because because as soon as anybody goes into actual like tongue speaking, (laughs) it is just hamanana, bananana, manana, nanalala, shawala, kakakaka. Literally, like (laughs) that one where the guy is just like, like he keeps saying the same. Ma, 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 sound over and starts laughing halfway through and then is yeah. like, ah. checks his phone in the middle of it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Chad GPT uh, is not perfect yet because it hasn't figured out that like it's, it's actually, not, it's actually doing it. I think some of those are actual, enough. I think some of those are actual <laughs> words in other languages. Like at one point it says Yeshua, which oh. would be, which is a, a proposed actual name of Jesus sort of thing. Then they, then it, uh, it, it failed. I think it failed. I think this is not actually good. Yeah. Oh, there's the uh, word Elohim in it. Uh, oh I, no. Yeah. I don't, I don't. But they do. Don't they every once in a while show throw out like a yeah probably a word like that and then Hamalama Ding Dong after yeah. it. Yeah. You know. I'm pretty sure. I bet somebody's thrown gotten a Ding Dong out accidentally. <laughs> They think they're doing it, and then suddenly it's like a hamana, shalalamalala, ding dong, a ding dong. I bet it's happened. Bing bang, All bing right. bang boom. All right, we had uh, we had a, a caller in, did we not? We did, Dan. Um, a caller with a story. 
in uh, response to um, our story about uh, the, 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 the David, Michelangelo's David, oh. um, that story with the principal mm-hmm. at the <laughs> school that lost uh, her job because the David was shown because to student like children, like sixth, saw sixth graders or something like that. Picture so yeah, so he, he's got a story to share okay. about this. Hey, Frank and Dan, this is Finn in Germany. I was just thinking about the Michelangelo's uh, pee-pee story from last week, and it reminded me of something that happened to us, kind of, and it, it, there's a level of perversion in there, and I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is, but my daughter was going to a kindergarten, and the um, disciplinarian, or whatever you want to call her there, it was a Christian kindergarten, and we knew the head instructor, so, you know, she was cool and all that, where we thought. But the disciplinarian was kind of weird. They made our daughter wear shorts under her skirt. And we lived in Arizona, southern Arizona at the time. And I went there and I said, what, what is going on with that? Well, it's so boys can't look up their skirts. And I, I looked at her and I said, that's perverted. And she looked at me and she said, I know. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're you're missing my point. <laughs> Making my daughter suffer at like four or five years old, so little boys can't look. The whole thought process that you would think of this is perverted. But she, it was totally totally lost on that that group of people. And uh, I don't know. It just kind of reminded me of this reverse perversion of of their their ideals. I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it, but it is perverse and it's bizarre and it's, uh, I don't know, just weird. So anyway, my two cents. Bye. Well, thanks, Finn. Uh, yeah, thank you. There is a perversion there. The, the, the perversion is that these are adults projecting sexuality mm-hmm. on children. Yeah. It, you know, if a little boy... Or a little girl looks up a girl's skirt, looks up a person's skirt. It's fucking curiosity. Right. They're not, they're not having sexuality happen. I mean, and if it is, it's like, it's a child's sexuality. It's nothing like what we're experiencing as right. adults. Well, so yeah, there is a perverseness yeah. of ascribing that level of sexuality to a child. Yeah. And I, I would also just like to point out, that why are you targeting the girls yeah. here, right? Yeah. Like the, the it, it's the behavior of the boys that you have a problem with, right? Yeah. Like why are you changing anything about what what like how you're handling the girls? Yeah. What does this have right? to do with them? Yeah. They're it's a little girl in a skirt, whatever, right? And yeah. the whole thing of like, yeah, I don't know if the skirt was compulsory or not, but like, right. <laughs> The uh, skirt and shorts, like that's absurd. Yeah, I, I just like just way, have all the kids in shorts if that's the problem. The right? way like, these adults think about children says oh, yeah. so much about them, and nothing about children. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Yeah, it's gross. All right, well there you go. Um, Madigan has written into us. And hmm. Madigan says, hi, Frank and Dan. Oh, no, sorry. Madigan said something different. Madigan said, hi, Dan and Frank. I don't, my, my brain doesn't mm. know what to do with that. I don't yeah, know. I don't know about that. That's, <laughs> that's not us. That's just is, not who is, we are. This is an email to, to two different people. <laughs> oh, maybe they, maybe they misaddressed it. Anyway, um, this may happen around the United States more than I know about, but I had never seen it before. Bible Baptist Church in Simpsonville, South Carolina has a fake Jesus tomb and idiots in Roman soldier garb are guarding it around the clock for three days for three days straight in celebration of the murder of Jesus. Oh my God. I'll bet you anything. Madigan doesn't say this, but I'll bet you anything that on Friday, some guy dressed as Jesus went in. And then when they opened the tomb on Sunday, uh, there won't be any Jesus in there. It'll be this amazing magic trick where the quote unquote guards, you know, let him out in the middle of the night or whatever. I mean, seriously, that's like some, uh, 
some Copperfield like Statue of Liberty <laughs> shit right That's, there. That right. That or is it's magic. actually it's actually almost straight out of uh, Arrested Development. Right. right. With, yes. With Job going right. into the <laughs> into the tomb. It is Job levels of <laughs> sh- stupid. <laughs> oh, Madigan. Madigan continues. Uh, oh. I actually, before I go on with, with what Madigan said, I do want to mention that I saw somebody posted in the, in the members only lounge on Facebook, an image of three uh, of a whole crucifix crucifixion scene, like with Uh guys strung to crosses and shitty gladiator costumes wandering around and whatever on the side of the freeway. In what? some in some state, it was just some highway bullshit. It I, it was the most absurd thing. People are pulling off the highway to like take pictures and whatever. <laughs> it cannot possibly Jesus. be faith promoting if oh. like semi trucks keep <laughs> as they go by. Like that is you are not you are not approximating uh, this event. <laughs> If, if that's what's happening, it was the weirdest, craziest shit. Anyway, yeah, they're doing weird shit all over. I mean, you know, frankly, I just think I question their level of commitment considering what's happening in the Philippines. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> if you want to recreate it, fucking recreate it. Yeah. Get the blood and gore going get, on get, here. Yeah. Get some nails and then I'll yeah. be impressed. <laughs> uh, Madigan continues. On another note, I recently put the atheist. I had to talk about this because I am shocked, Frank. Shocked. Anyway. Okay. All right. On another note, Madigan says, I recently put the atheist license plate on my vehicles. The plate says, quote, in reason we trust which is clearly a counterstatement okay. to the, quote, in God we trust plate that is the default plate for the state. Yeah. I moved to South Carolina five years ago and finally mustered the courage to get the atheist plate. Fear that my vehicles would be vandalized was always my main concern, but then I came to the conclusion that the Christians are too stupid to even understand the plate, so I'm probably <laughs> safe. <laughs> I... They have in reason we trust available in South Carolina. That's bizarre. That's bizarre. What like, the fuck? I want that. It's like, yeah. Well, we could we could work on it here, Dan. Oh, that would require like work. <laughs> but to be fair, Dan, I bet South Carolina also has one that says "gone fishing." So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. That is a concession I am willing to make. <laughs> Great. I don't know. They probably also have one has one that, that that's like, you know, in, in the way that in reason we trust is coded language for fuck God. Mm-hmm. They probably have a couple that are coded language for like KKK or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, my mom's my mom drives around a car in Oklahoma that's got their coded um anti-abortion one of course of course and yeah there's probably some uh some some nice anti-lgbtq plus uh something yeah it's yeah i believe in straight marriage something (laughs) all right well uh, listen that's not all from madigan because madigan has also is also this week's first uh donor to the program uh, having having given a uh, a one time donation over on uh, PayPal, and nice. uh, and that this makes Madigan a I'm gonna say a priest in nice. in our priesthood. So congratulations, Madigan! Uh, <laughs> you get to put your grubby hands all over food that everybody else has to eat. Nice. So, oh yeah, that's that's true. But also like you know magic powers and whatnot. Ooh. Um, so that's great. Do we have any other people, uh, with magic powers we need to talk about? We do indeed, Dan. We actually have a new deacon by the name of Tori. Welcome, Tori. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. So much, so much priesthood power. So much power. To bestow upon you. Um, if you'd like to join any of these kind folk in, uh, in the priesthood and in supporting the show. You can go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com, and click on the support tab. As always, Dan, we have our top donor to thank, 
our Lord and Savior, Jerlini. <laughs> We're just going to change it every time. Uh, thank you so much. More show coming up. Well, Frank, Dan, violence in Jerusalem. I wouldn't uh, expect anything else. To well, be not when Ramadan lines up with uh, with with Passover, with Pesach. That, that's a spicy combination. It's a it's a weird time of year. I mean, it's also lining up with uh, with Easter weekend too. And don't don't get it twisted. This is all what we're talking about is Holy Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, and holy sites, and these we're talking specifically about sites that are holy to Muslims as well as to Jews, and yes, to Christians. But like <laughs> the Christians are at this point are just like fuck it, you guys fight it out. I don't even. <laughs> I'll come back later. We 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 had our fun uh, eight hundred years ago. You yeah, guys, we you, it, you, you, like yes, that's holy to us. Death. But like, whoa, guys, wow. Uh, so what's so shit's been going down. There was uh, the and what's in question right now is that one of one of the holiest sites for all of the Abrahamic religions is a uh, is is a place that is now occupied by the Alaska Mosque, mm. and the, the 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 Dome of the Rock, the Rock of the Covenant, the Ark of the what? Anyway, um, this Alaska Mosque is right on uh, Old Jerusalem's Temple Mount. Uh, right, yeah. Which is, you know, sort of right next to the the Wailing, the, the, the West Wall, the Holy... Mm-hmm. Everything holy is in, like, a little, very a very small radius, and uh, it is just nothing but a problem. <laughs> uh, the fact that there's a mosque there, the, you know, to the Muslims, they claim that this mosque is the third most holy site in their religion. Um, yeah. The Jews of Israel claim that it is the most holy site of their religion, but they don't have control over it because yeah. the mosque has been there for hundreds of years. Here's the deal. Like, I think that should count for something, right? Like if it's your first holy right site, if it's your <laughs> most holy site and the people you're competing with, it's their third can't you just sit down and be like, listen, guys, you've got two that are more holy than this one. <laughs> We've Can't only got just, this one. This is our holiest. Can't you just come on? Come yeah. on. Can't we figure something out here? That sort kind of, of negotiation has worked so well <laughs> uh, in the history of this uh, of this place. I just uh, it just takes a little bit of just. um I don't know, empathy or something. It's the compassion know. that the religious folks are so famous for. <laughs> these uh, uh, these Muslims, Jews, and Christians. It's, oy, it's oy. kind of the hallmark of all three of their religions uh, <laughs> is, is just generosity and compassion in these moments. <laughs> anyway, um, the state of Israel does not control this site. No. Do you know who does control that site? I actually do. It's Jordan. Jordan, the yeah. country, the next door I neighbors. I don't know why they control <laughs> well, it, but because there was because after so much fighting, there there was a negotiated uh, uh, arrangement made mm. in which the governing body, yes, is controlled um, by Jordanians. And here's the thing: everybody pushes the boundaries. There is a rule in place. It is there. It was agreed upon by all parties. And no one honors it. Every year, every, all the time, everybody's trying to push the boundaries. I'll just, just get a little bit more. Just get an inch over here and an inch over there, and fighting happens. Mm. So literally, like at this point, it started with, you know, there's a tradition in uh, Islam apparently, and I'm going to get some of this wrong because this, there's, you know, centuries of tradition and and holy shit in place that i don't have the background for but my understanding is uh, 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 this is as close as i'm getting to it there's a tradition at ramadan uh where 
you know, the, the Muslims go into their mosque and they, they pray all night. Mm-hmm. And for so some that, boy, reason, that sounds fun, right? Doesn't that sound fun? Everybody. Right. And at this mosque, um, non-Muslims are allowed to visit it, but they are not allowed to pray at it. Um, <laughs> but during Passover, the <clears throat> Jews want to go to there, to this holy site to be there. And then they maybe secretly pray, and then the, the Muslims start throwing oh shit at God. them, and the Muslims are there in the morning, and, you know, because they've been there all night. Anyway, <laughs> everyone's always causing problems. And so, the, you know, the Israeli government decided that they were going to kick the Muslims out, not let them go overnight, not let them have their, their you know, pajama party, uh, at which point... You know, now, so then the Muslims are furious and now, you know, the, sort of the, the Muslim, well, what, what, what would be called, what Israel would call terrorist groups, but what they would call freedom fighters, they're launching rockets from Lebanon. Uh, like people spending the night has led to like mortar fire, rocket fire. And, uh, and then Israel retaliates and blows up some stuff anyway. The sounds really holy over yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Sounds like such a wonderful, peaceful, serene, holy place. In all of these events, you can really feel the presence of God. <laughs> Can't you? I think, Lord. I think the takeaway is just like, look, these people might have beef with each other no matter what. Um, it, it seems to be an area that people like to fight. I don't know. Like... <laughs> just seems cultural at this point, or maybe it's me. Um, that's dicey. <laughs> or, or maybe it's, uh, uh, yeah, uh, about the temperature. Maybe, maybe it's weather related. It's a climate issue. Anyway. <laughs> Damn. As, I, doubt, I doubt that it's that. As Shakespeare put, put it in these hot days is the mad blood stirring. Anyway, the actual point is that the sacredness of a place helps nothing. Right. There is nothing good that comes from saying this place is extra special to us. It's super extra meaningful to us. And right. I, I, this is my personal theory. I'm putting it out there. Y'all can respond. I want to hear what you have to say about it. I don't think that it's healthy to attach. I mean, I'm going to go Buddhist a little bit here mm. to attach that level of meaning to anything because it's keep hmm. it symbolic. Let it be a symbol of something, but then let it go. If it, if it needs to, because the truth of the matter is that it's always been a metaphor. It has always been a symbol. Not to the, not to these people, Dan. No, it is. It still is. It's just, a, it's still just a symbol of, of their religion, of their commitments to the, to their God or of their beliefs or whatever in a very technical way, I suppose. But like, no, there's, there's literalness to this whole thing, right? Like that is where the temple was. This is where there's a meteorite in a dome, right? Yeah. That I, we think is holy that, but I guess from my, Allah or something. Like I don't even put, I don't even know what it is, right? But like it's the, the third most holy site. Yeah. So like there's there's something there to them that is literally very special and significant about that place. You can't like I mean you can because reason should prevail, right? Well, you're making a very reasonable argument. They they're never going to they're never going to. What but, they should do, they're never going to do. But my point right? is, and here's how I put the lie to the argument that you just made, which is that if, let's just say, it disappeared, if it blew up or whatever, and literally it was all gone, mm -hmm. they wouldn't stop practicing their religion. They wouldn't be like, oh, shit, we lost it. I guess religion's over. I no, guess, there would be a battle about what gets rebuilt there. Right. But I'm just saying even, okay, let's take the, let's take this particular thing out of it. Let's just go to Mecca and talk about their holiest site, the, the right. Islam's holiest site. 
if that were just gone. Gone in what way? I don't know. Let's say Chernobyl happened there. Let's say that it is <laughs> it is like it is now it is now completely uh you can't go there without like 12 levels of hazmat or something. It turns out that the meteorite in the Kaaba was actually a bomb. Right. And it blows. A nuclear bomb from outer space. The Xenu And sent. it finally just blew up. Yeah. That. Yeah. It's, okay. So that happened. <laughs> it's not like they would be like, oh shit, I guess our religion's over. What no, they would do not. is they would adapt. Yeah. And, and that, they would rebuild it. Uh, well, right. I'm saying, if, you know, even if they couldn't go back to that place, they would find a new, they would just adapt. Oh, because this also caused a giant crater. Right. And it's, and, I, it, and, Dan, and at I'm the say, bottom of the crater, they would build a mosque. I'm telling you, I'm saying it's, it's, it's nuclear zone. You can't go there. It's, 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 a, it, you, you can't. Yeah, there's a, there's a half-life. They would risk it, Dan. <laughs> they would risk it. You're not letting me do my thing. They would do a giant, like 50 mile, um, hike. That they have to do how many times do they go around the Kaaba? Oh, right. Like seven times or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Right. And they, they would, they would hike around the, they, the crater. They, yeah. They would suddenly, suddenly it would be okay to do it on by bus. And you, you would just, <laughs> they just have, have to a, go the entire, a, the, the entire, they would build a track around yeah. the border of Saudi Arabia and they would yeah. just have to go around that seven times. Guaranteed. Ooh. You're right. They would adapt, but the, the site would remain holy. I'm just, it wouldn't solve the problem, what, right? Well, but what I'm saying is, you know, if they came, you know, if the high imams came out and just changed how it worked, they could, and it would, and it could happen, and it could work, but they won't. And the right. problem is the concept of holiness, mm -hmm. because it, you don't lose your devotion, you don't lose anything about your religion. When you lose a place, you lose literally nothing. You lose, you know, as long as there, when there are literally thousands of other places that you can do your worship, you're fine. But you have, apparently you have to have not just one, but a sequence of holy places. Yeah. Right. Right. You have your most holy place. Then you have your next holy place. <laughs> then you have the next holy place after that. Then you have your penultimate. Right. And then you have your whatever. <laughs> the least holy place in all of Islam. Yeah. It's right here. Yeah. In in my office. That's right. Where I'm recording right now. The That's least a, holy place in all of Islam. That probably you're probably not far from the <laughs> from the actual mark. <laughs> Oh Lord. It's just the whole, I'm just, okay. All I'm getting at is that holiness as a concept doesn't serve them except in, except maybe as a, as a means of sort of, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. Maybe I, this is not well fleshed out. I just hate it. I just think it's so dumb. And these people are all like literally killing each other. Yeah. Literally getting literally people are losing their lives because of a spot with a building. It's, it's inexcusable. It's inhuman. And, uh, and I, it's another reason why, uh, religion is stupid. <laughs> there. I said it. Yeah. Dan, it's a controversial position for this show. <laughs> for this show. But I think it's one that we can we can claim as an official position <laughs> of TGIA. The religion religion is, stupid. is stupid. Okay. So says Dan Beecher. So so you just said so says so say we all. Amen. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> So say we all. So say we all. All right. Well, if you would like to uh, to not say amen to that and uh, and and tell us why we're wrong, feel free. You can write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. or call and leave us a voicemail message. We'd love to hear from you. The telephone number is four two four six 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 eight. Four four two. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click the like button, just for fun. And if you'd like to join one of our members-only lounges, you can do so. 
uh, go to our website, thinkoutimatheist.com slash members only. Thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.